0: Hey, this is matt mcclure here one of the lead pastors here at takeover church thank you so much for checking out this message today we hope it encourages you we hope it blesses you and just a reminder we have got services every single sunday at 5 p.m and we would love to have the chance to meet you to hear your story and to welcome you home thanks again for listening today hope this message blesses you. you You doing? Everyone awake? Yeah. All right. Got your blood circulating. Excited to give. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> hey, I'm Rusty. I'm um, I'm the worship pastor here at Takeover. It's it's an honor to have all of you um, be with us to celebrate Jesus tonight. Amen. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing. We're gonna do things a little differently tonight. I'm just gonna share a quick little thought around uh, around what this whole thing we do is all about. Um, Somebody said, hey man, do you know what you're going to preach about tonight? And and I said, well, I'm a pastor and it's Christmas. I I feel like if I don't have a rough idea of what I should preach, I probably shouldn't be doing the job, right? (laughs) So in the scripture, it says, be prepared in season and out of season. And it says, always be ready to give an account of that, of the hope that lives within you. So if it's all right with y'all, that's what I'm going to do tonight. Is that good? All right. We're going to read a little scripture from, um, from John chapter 1. I was reflecting, though, this morning on um, the Christmas story, that little, that little part that, that my man Linus read to us earlier. And um, yeah, I was reflecting on it because what did the angels say? You guys are good Christians. You, you know what the angel said, right? He said, fear not, for I bring you good tidings of what? <laughs> good tidings of great joy. There was a theme in our worship tonight, and that's because um, we have something to be joyful about. Be- because I think that it's strange that for a lot of years, I don't, I grew up in church, but I never really grasped the concept of joy, right? Um... And it, it seems like a very simple word. It's only got three letters. It's one syllable. Um, joy, and I've always been a little bit confused because people said it's not important to be happy. It's important to be joyful. That's what people said to me my whole life. Mostly unhappy people, but um, that's a side note. Uh, it's not important to be happy. It's important to be joyful. That's what I was taught as a Sunday school kid. But I don't know what I didn't know what joy meant. Because I was like, I don't really know what the difference is Like i'm not an english major and my whole life like people who say they're joyful Usually just look happy to me So I know I was confused about what the difference is And i'm not really going to talk about what the difference is. That's sort of a It's a it's a grammar thing. We can get into it sometime over coffee. It'll be fun but um But to me, I really think that the main reason myself and a lot of other people who grew up in church never understood joy is because of what the angel said. Fear not, for I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. If you don't have the great joy, maybe it's because you didn't understand the good tidings. Maybe the gospel you heard wasn't good tidings to you, so it didn't elicit great joy. Because the way that God speaks... Is unconditional There's not a condition to it He doesn't say these are good tidings of great joy Which shall be to all people who grew up in church And who have a straight steady upward journey of faith And never divert from the focus of their lives What he said was good tidings of great joy Which shall be to all people So the minute you begin to understand the goodness of the tidings You begin to experience the greatness of the joy right? It seems like a simple formula, but this is something I've wrestled with my whole life. What is the good tidings? What is the good tidings that the angels proclaimed? It was Jesus, right? It was Jesus, this baby born in a humble situation, born in animal filth and probably some form of poverty, and a life disrupted. Mary and Joseph had their life completely disrupted by the the good tidings that the angel was speaking about. It looked like a disruption in their life. It changed everything about what they were used to. They couldn't function the way they used to. Their plans were completely obliterated. But the angel said, I bring you good tidings of great joy. And Mary said, I will be, she said, I am your servant. Let it be unto me as it is in your, as your word has spoken. What an incredible (coughs) faith response from a teenage girl, by the way. I don't know if that part of the story has ever elicited any great joy in you. But to see a young teenager in what would be probably like years of her life that she's not expecting to do things this way. She's probably dreaming about the man that she's marrying and what their life together might look like. And maybe they'll have a successful business and be able to raise their children in in an upward uh, movement. I mean, most of us dream big when we're young. But here's this young girl and her biggest dream becomes the Lord's dream. The good tidings brought her great joy. And so the message tonight is called There's a Light. Turn to somebody say, there's a light. <coughs> we're, a, we're a talking church here. Y'all don't have to sit quietly. We like to talk to each other. <coughs> I'm going to read this passage real quick from uh, John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him not anything that was made. In Him was life, and life that life was the light of men. Light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Father, as these words come out of my mouth, as you speak in the presence of your people here, our family, our brothers, our sisters, our aunts and uncles, fathers and mothers, just light this word that it'll be a healing to someone's soul, that it'll be a salve to wounds that need to heal, or um, perhaps the pinprick that opens the thing that's been calloused. Jesus just speak with your people. I invite you, Holy Spirit, to minister to every one of your children tonight in a way that speaks directly to the heart and the core of who you made them to be. And reveal to us, Holy Ghost, the way you have been since the dawn of time. Reveal to us the fullness of God in Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We sing that song all the time, what a beautiful name. You were the Word in the beginning, one with God, the Lord most high. And the thing is, aside from being really good theology and teaching us about the Trinity and how that works a little bit, this is a really profound statement because the Father and the Son have always been one. Jesus said to his disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father because I am one with him as he as um, He is in me and I am in him. And the Spirit's job is to reveal the nature of God through the manifestation of the Son. So together they live in complete and perfect harmony To bring good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. And so, as I'm reading this passage, it talks about that He was the light, and that that light came into the world, but the world did not understand it. And I'm thinking tonight about how I've lived a lot of my life without understanding. Proverbs, it says, in all your... I think it's Proverbs. It's somewhere in the Bible. Come on, man. I'm not perfect. (laughs) It says, in all you're getting, get understanding. It says, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. So these things all correlate. God's telling a story. He's a great storyteller. Amen? (laughs) But what this says to me is that if I'm going to understand the great joy, I've got to know the good tidings. And the reason that the world of darkness cannot understand the light is because light and dark are opposites. One is in opposition to the other and one obliterates the other. So don't get it twisted when the Bible says what fellowship can light have with darkness? That's a really serious thing. But the good news of the good tidings of great joy is that everything that's in darkness responds to light. So the light doesn't have to negotiate with the darkness. Do we understand what I'm saying? The darkness of your situation, the darkness of my heart, the darkness of this world. It doesn't make a negotiation with light to say, okay, Jesus, you know what? We'll we'll let you have we'll let you have Scott's heart a little bit. Like Monday through Friday, he's going to be doing great. Saturday, he's going to fall apart, and then he's going to come back to church and cry, and it's all going to be good. That's not how darkness negotiates with light. Darkness doesn't have any cards to bring to the table. So it says that the light came into the world, and the dark couldn't understand it. It didn't get it. So what I'm thinking about is... There's a darkness over our hearts that keeps us away from understanding. It keeps us from being able to receive God's love. It keeps us from knowing that the good tidings will bring us great joy. Because the thing about the good tidings is they're as good as you want them to be. I'm not preaching relativism. I'm talking about what you open your heart to. What I'm saying is, the good news is as good as you let it be. Because the good news for you can quickly become bad news if you choose to walk into darkness and run away from the light. Because the thing about the Holy Spirit is he came to convict us. But he came to convict us about what Jesus did for us. He's not worried about you. He's not here to point out your issues the spirit is doing what he's always done from the beginning of time and that's glorifying God glorifying Jesus in the flesh so let's not get it twisted and think that the spirit convicts us by means of showing us our ugliness the bible says that Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world but that all through him might be saved. The world was already condemned before Jesus got here. Do we understand that? Like, condemnation came at the fall. Condemnation came from the enemy. Condemnation, guilt, did not come with the birth of that baby the good tidings of great joy that would be to all people, we always say take over church is a home for anybody and everybody. That's because that's the first thing spoken about our Lord and Savior was that he would be good news for all people. And so like that's not a negotiable part of the scripture. Like wherever you come from, whatever your theological mindset, your race, your gender, it really doesn't matter. It's not, it's not, a qualifier or a disqualifier being born is a qualifier it's good news for all people and so I'm wondering if maybe the thing that keeps us running into the darkness and not understanding the good tidings and receiving the great joy is fear could it be fear could it be that I don't know what it looks like To believe that the love of God is big enough to change me. This is just the gospel, man. This is just good news. And like, maybe it, maybe it's just that when faced with a love that's that unreasonable, (laughs) that, that doesn't understand social boundaries, like that Jesus doesn't really get that it's impolite, to tell me not to stay in my dark place. May- Jesus doesn't understand that I just need a couple weeks or a month to just kind of stew in my sadness, to kind of just hold on to my hurts and say, you know what? They did this to me. They deserve this. They, I- no, I'm not talking to them unless they talk to me because I didn't do anything wrong. The fact that Jesus doesn't respect that part of me is actually good news because he thinks that I'm better than that he thinks that I can live instead of responding to what's done to me that I can actually live in response to what was done for me and that I can actually live in a way that I walk into a situation and the situation changes I don't I don't wait for the situation to change and then I walk in. I walk in and then it changes. It sounds like it sounds like a little bit too good to be true sometimes. It sounds like I'm preaching something that's just self-esteem. And understand like self-esteem is a part of it. I'm not preaching self-esteem. I'm preaching die to yourself. I'm preaching, take your focus off of your inadequacies and put it on his glory. I'm preaching that this tiny baby, I'm having the audacity in 2019, it's coming, (laughs) I'm having the audacity stand before a room full of Christians who believe in the Bible and say that this tiny baby makes it possible for your life to be better. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like that is the good news of the gospel. That's the good news of Christmas. And the reason I don't, I didn't understand joy for so long is because I thought it was all on me. I thought I would hear sermons like this and I'd think guy's just telling me to feel better about myself. Guy's just telling me I need to get over it. I'm not saying anybody needs to get over it. I'm not saying that you need to feel better about yourself. What I'm saying is I truly believe that our greatest good comes from putting our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And if that's not what Christmas is about, then I don't know what I'm doing here. So when I say good tidings of great joy, this is what I'm talking about. It's a joy that believes when everything in our face says otherwise it's a joy that looks at sickness and sees health in the making it's a joy that looks at a broken marriage or a broken relationship and sees what an amazing story of god's love this is going to be when it's all over i'm looking at a faith that sees a need and thinks about how amazing it would be when that need is met And I'm looking at a faith that responds to a wrong done to itself, that when we have something done to us, we think, how can we love someone else so that they don't have to feel this? Because the focus becomes not about me. It's about that baby in that manger that didn't have to be there, that chose to be there, that chose to be born into a a crummy situation, not an ideal situation that chose to walk this earth and feel a bunch of things that he didn't have to feel it was in his right never to experience loss never to experience hurt never to experience hunger pain but he chose that so if he was able to do that and the scripture says that Jesus went to the cross enduring its shame for the joy set before him I have to believe on Christmas Day that when I open these gifts, that the greatest gift of all is good tidings of great joy that will be for all people, and that it's not about me anymore, that I'm not a slave to my worst day, to my worst characteristics, to my worst failures, that I, I have a gift, a gift, good tidings of great joy. And things might be hard, and things might hurt. But I have the promise that sorrow lasts for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And I'm ready to go to sleep tonight, church, and wake up to the morning. (laughs) You want to put that last passage up, Mom? This is uh, skipping ahead to verse 14. I just want to read this real quick. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we've seen his glory, glory as the only son of the father, full of grace and truth. And John bore witness and cried out, this was him of whom, this, this was him of whom I said, he comes after me and ranks before me because he was before me. From his fullness, we all have received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side, but Jesus has made him known. Church, we don't have to wrestle and wonder (coughs) what the meaning of good tidings of great joy is. No one has ever seen God face to face, but we've seen the love of Jesus. I've got a testimony. If you want to hear it, I'll tell it to you you've got a testimony about that thing that God did in your life. And if you can't think of one, just thank God that you're awake and alive today and breathing to experience his joy. So we're going to sing a song called The King is Among Us. This is what I want us to do. I want us to sing The King is Among Us like we really believe it. Like like we believe that Jesus, maybe he's that tiny baby to you right now. Maybe that's where you need to see him. He's laying right here before us. And in scripture he says, I am meek and lowly. Take my yoke upon me on yourself and learn from me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And you will find rest for your soul. Look at the humble Jesus. Look at the meek and lowly Jesus laying before you saying you were worth it you were worth it your world was worth it to me these are good tidings of great joy which are for all people and then we're going to stand and sing this song if you're in a place where this season has been particularly difficult for you and you've um man you're just struggling you know maybe your joy feels a little depleted Maybe you're kind of in that place that I was talking about where it's like, I'm not sure I've ever really fully got what the big deal was, what the joy is. I need a revelation. I need, I need a. I need need a word from the Lord. I need to know what, what the good tidings are. We're going to have a couple people available. My dad will be up here. Um, we'll have Scott too. And um, we'll have uh, Casey as well. And we're going to have a few people up here. Like was said earlier, we don't go through things alone. And I want this to be an opportunity. It's not meant to be intimidating, but it's meant to be an opportunity to say, like, I'm in a place. I need some prayer. I need someone to just say a prayer for me. I need to share with somebody what I'm going through. So we're going to have our prayer team up here. We're going to stand and sing this song, A King is Among Us. And once we're, uh, once we're done with this... Um, We'll, we'll probably worship some more, so, um, yeah. <clears throat> Father, just thank you for the, the openness of hearts that you're creating right now. I thank you for the work that you've begun, Holy Ghost please continue in these next quiet moments just to reveal, just to reveal the great joy of Christmas, the work that was done by Jesus, the hope that is for all people. Just, Holy Spirit, we invite you right now. Whatever you need to say, just say it. Our hearts are open. The doors of our hearts are open to receive you. Let nothing stand in your way, Holy Spirit. Right now, just come and be with your people and minister to them where they need it. In Jesus' name,